Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind. Hey guys, I am so glad you're tuning in to today's episode because you are in for a special treat. In this episode, I'm interviewing wife, mama, childbirth educator, doula, and fellow podcaster, Elise Marsh. And you guys, this conversation we had about birth and childbirth education, and even the postpartum period and resources for the postpartum mom is exactly the kind of stuff that I love talking about and advocating for. And Elise's passion for these things is just so evident and makes our conversation all the more informative and encouraging. I cannot wait to hear what you take away from our chat and how it's an encouragement to you. So without further ado, let's listen in on my conversation with Elise. Hey, Elise. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks, Jesse. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I'm really excited for my listeners to get to hear more about you and your work because I've been following you for a while and I'm really a fan, but (laughs) I want to get the word out about your stuff for sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I would love if you would start off just by telling us more about yourself and your family and what this season of life looks like for you guys right now. Yeah, well, uh, my name's Elise Marsh, and I am a doula and a childbirth educator and a mom and a wife, and I have a podcast, um, and I have lots of awesome friends and people and a great church, but I live in Puyallup, Washington. So we are about, actually, no, I don't live in Puyallup. I grew up in Puyallup. I'm so used to saying that. I live in Bonnie Lake, Washington. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I moved like two years ago, but um, my little hometown that I grew up in is really, um, they just kind of stick with you. It's like once you're always once you're from Puyallup, you're always from Puyallup, which is super cool. Oh. Um, but we live about uh, 40 minutes south of Seattle, Washington, um, and we are close to the mountains out here and super pretty, really fun place to live. But we have two kids, uh, my husband and I. Um, they are almost six and three and a half, so they're super fun. Busy guys. Yeah, they're super cute. And I am a busy birth worker. So I attend four-ish, give or take, births a month as a doula and teach uh, childbirth education classes here and there in between when I can fit them in and have a podcast that I do and lots of other good stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell that you are busy because I see you post about, you know, heading in, heading into a birth and, yes. and I'm just, I mean, what a crazy life. Cause you have to be on call, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's kind of a wild lifestyle. So I started out um, before my daughter was born, who the, my almost six year old um, is a doula apprentice mentoring with a doula. And then I shortly not too long after that, got pregnant. I think that's what happens when you are really into birth and you don't have your own kids. You're like, oh, hey, I want to do this too. <laughs> so I got pregnant and then have kind of just been on this birth journey with my kids and then my own birth work for the last six years. And it's been a yeah. wild, crazy season. It's a pretty bizarre lifestyle to live, but we just roll with it a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, you have to. (laughs) You have to, yeah. In order to get like a chunk of time off call, 
I almost have to take about three months off of birth work, which is crazy because people can go in and out of their due dates. So I take four Mm -hmm. birth clients a month. But, you know, people like don't like to stay in their little range sometimes. They like to be all over the place. So we're always rolling with it. We're always just, we make a plan, we make our plans and then we're flexible with them. Yes. Yes. I love that. Where does, where does this passion for your work as a doula, and we'll talk more about the educating side of it too, but where did your passion just becoming a doula come from? Oh, yeah. Great question. So I am the oldest of four kids. And when my youngest sibling was born, I was almost 11. So I was old enough, well, kind of backing up, I basically begged my parents for a baby sister. I had two brothers (laughs) and just didn't leave them alone (laughs) for a really long time until they kind of gave in and got pregnant which was kind of wild because my mom was older. She was 40 when um, she got pregnant with my sister. So it was kind of like, well, we'll see what happens um, kind of a thing. And uh, she did. And I just loved being along kind of that journey with my mom and watching her belly grow and through pregnancy. I just kind of had this fascination with it and then got to be involved in her birth story and you know, obviously, I, you know, the big older sister taking care of my little sister. So always just have this love for babies and little kids and have always had this wild fascination with pregnancy and birth. And it just never really left me even as a little girl mm. and just kind of fell in love with motherhood and being a mom. And I thought I wanted to be a labor and delivery nurse in college and ended up skiing way too much and studying not enough. And um, so kind of came back around to birth work after I got married. I was like, this is still something I'm really, really passionate about. So I graduated with a degree in psychology and biology, uh, which is funny. They kind of pair really well together and in my work today. So (laughs) yeah. And then I got um, connected a friend of mine had used a doula and um, before I had even gotten married to have her baby and was like, my doula has an apprenticeship program. You should really talk with her. And so I got connected with my mentor and started working with her and learning. And I was like, this is my life's work. So it was pretty cool. And then just kind of never stopped, yeah. dove in and never looked back. Yeah, I love that. Now, I'm sure that there are people listening who they maybe have heard the word doula, but they're not entirely sure of what a doula does. So can you just kind of break down for a minute what a doula does and why women might want to have a doula at their birth? Oh, absolutely. So doulas are trained labor support professionals. So they are birth workers who are trained in Everything about birth, so birth knowledge, um, positions, optimal fetal positioning, comfort measures, massage, uh, pain coping strategies. They're trained in things like interventions, so the research and evidence behind each kind of thing or um, intervention that might be involved in a birth process. They are your emotional support, your informational support. They're your advocate, so they help kind of navigate that communication between your hospital staff or your care providers, whoever that may be, and you, the parents. So there's actually really cool evidence and data to support 
doulas. So we know that doulas reduce the risk of cesarean birth by about half, which is huge, wow. which is big. Yes. Um, they reduce your your perception of pain. So we know that labor mm-hmm. hurts less for women who have doula support. Uh, there's all kinds of really awesome data out there. We yeah. know that you know women are less likely to need pain management, pain uh, medications in labor. We know that women who have doula support have are actually healthier after birth, and they actually have healthier babies. Um, mm-hmm. So really, really cool evidence to support the use of doulas. And doulas have been around forever. Um, we just didn't necessarily call them doulas, <laughs> but there are people who were doulas um, for centuries. So it's really neat. The word doula is actually Greek, and it means woman servant. So you are a helper. You are a servant helper, um, which is pretty awesome. So yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool job. Yes, it sounds like it. And I can tell, you know, because I follow you on Instagram and you're constantly posting all of these facts and statistics and information. And I just, what I love about this line of work is just how knowledgeable you are on things that I don't think a lot of women know and we need to know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, one, I think I'm a birth nerd, a bit of a birth nerd, and I (laughs) love research. And just my personality type is a learner, so I love to learn. So I kind of operate out of that when I'm communicating Mm. with people, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, So, yeah, there's just so much to know out there, especially in kind of traditional obstetrics today that people don't know. Like they literally have no idea um, what they're about to walk into. Um, I think a lot of people that I, when I first meet them, they're kind of what I would be um, in this category of what I would call the wing it method, um, which is the person, if you're a wing it method person, you are the person who's just like, oh, I'm just going to show up and my, my hospital is just going to tell me what to do and the staff just going to be there for me. I'm just going to do whatever they say because I trust them and it's going to be great. Um, and this is going to be, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but my baby's going to come out. Um, and they're just kind of like, oh, we'll just go with the flow and we'll wing it. And that's fine. And it's not that you're the, the care providers or the staff don't have your best interests in mind. It's that there's so many things that can happen. And if you aren't informed about your decisions and your choices, there's a lot of things um, that you could feel negatively about after you have a baby. So there's this whole world of like birth trauma and you hear women, you know, going off on Facebook about their experience. So there's just a lot to know. And there is so many benefits to having this guide to help you kind of navigate this wonky system that we have, especially in America (laughs) with giving birth. Yes, absolutely. And I agree with you on the, you know, we're hearing a lot about traumatic births and it just, it hurts my heart to know that, you know, in some of these cases that there was just some stuff going on that maybe even could have been prevented. And and I just, I love the work of Adula and just the role that she plays in supporting the mom and making sure that she makes those informed choices. Yeah, um, totally. I just love it so much. It's all about informed um, decision making. Like, I don't care yes. what your choices are. I care that you knew what options you had and that you made the decision that you felt best about, not that you felt pressured 
or coerced or manipulated into a decision and not that you were funneled through um, an assembly line, essentially. Like some some birthplaces, it's kind of like the McDonald's or the fast food of birth. And there really is, I don't know if you've watched like the business of being born or anything like that, but that'll really stir the pot for a lot of people. Oh, it will. (laughs) Um, So that's a great one. But yeah, I mean, there's just there is a myriad of, of choices and decisions to be made. And unless you know that you have options, there will be none presented to you. Mm, that is so very, there, very yeah, true. yeah, there's a lot to learn. It's like, there's this menu of choices, like just like you'd go to a restaurant and pick out, you know, what you want. But when you just show up, if you're the wing it method person, you're going to get no menu. You're just going to be served whatever comes out. Um, So yeah, it's really important really important because it affects, I mean, as you know, affects your postpartum experience. It affects how you feel about motherhood. It affects how you feel about yourself and who you are. I mean, this experience is going to last with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And I, and I'm assuming that this is what, knowing this is what led you to enter into the world of educating. So can you tell me a little bit more about that and about your course right now? I think it is called your best birth course. Yeah. Your best birth course. Yes. Tell us about it. So I actually originally started out spending most of my time in the childbirth education kind of world and sphere and kind of putting a lot of my energy into my childbirth education certification. I, a lot of that had to do with just my seasonal life. I had a tiny baby. I had a newborn and my husband was like, um, what you're going to leave at midnight and just be gone for who knows how long. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I don't really. And my my daughter didn't take a bottle very well. It was a little sketchy. Um, so in the beginning when my kids were just really tiny nurslings, I taught a lot more than I attended births. And then as they grew and got bigger, I attended, started to do more and more births kind of mm. along the way. So I kind of have flip-flopped now, but okay. in the beginning, I just, I taught in the hospital setting. So I taught in kind of a traditional um, healthcare system a ton. I would teach every weekend, a couple times, um, and a week in the evenings and just taught a bunch of kind of immersed myself in that. But I just found a lot of joy in equipping parents and empowering them and helping them build their confidence. And I saw them come in with a lot of fear, a lot of fear. I think a lot of moms are scared of the unknown, especially mm-hmm. as a first time mom. And so it just brought me so much joy to walk, to watch these families walk out with confidence and, and, you know, feeling like their anxieties had decreased and that they were equipped to make decisions and they knew what was ahead. And so that's fun. That's really fun. It brings a lot of satisfaction yeah. in your work. And so After I had spent a few years kind of in the hospital setting, I was realizing like it's such a small percentage of families that will actually take a childbirth class in the hospital. So in our region, it's only about 10% of families that deliver in the hospital setting will actually take a hospital-based childbirth class. And And I was just like, wow, that is a lot of people we are not reaching. And there's a lot of people that could have a totally different experience if they have these tools and they have this education. And so that was what really drove me to create my online class is to be like, I know not everyone's going to show up 
one night a week for five weeks and attend my course in the hospital. But there are a lot of people who might just sit down and binge my online class for five hours and call it good. And I just like, (laughs) those people I can reach, I can get to you. Um, And I also started looking around at some of the other products and some of the other online resources that were available. And there wasn't a lot. Like I think now in the Mm -hmm. last year, there has, there has, that has really grown. Um, but you know, three or four years ago, there wasn't a lot of options. There's enjoy, um, which was a big one and some Lamaze options. There wasn't a ton of like engaging, like that you would want to sit down with your husband and hold his attention, um, and learn about birth. I mean, it takes a lot for a dad to want to sit down and be super engaged for five yes. or six hours in birth. Trust me, I have um, learned how to be an entertainer while also teaching really evidence-based childbirth information. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> especially if it's a Sunday while there's a football game going on, you better believe I've learned some. It's like you have to be a stand-up comedian sometimes with those guys. But um, <laughs> so I just was like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. And I can. I know I can do it well. And I know that there's a lot of people who can benefit from something like this. And, and at a price point that's affordable. You know, some people can't yeah. pay a childbirth educator to come to their home when it's convenient for them to teach them this information, but they still need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I do agree that it's, it is, there's the time aspect that makes it difficult to commit to. And then there's also the money aspect because, right. you know, you don't know for sure, you know, will it be worth my investment? And, and right. I mean, I, I always believe that educating yourself on birth and taking those classes is super important, but I understand the struggle, especially, you know, depending on your situation, like sometimes it just doesn't feel like an option. And I love that you offer an option for people who feel like they're out of options. Um, I just love it so much. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been really, really neat to hear people's stories and to hear the feedback about the course and just how encouraged women have been. So that, that makes it all worth it for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. And I know that you also, you hear about a lot of experiences um, birth related um, through your podcast and that you do a lot of interviews and I've been listening to it, I guess maybe like a year now. And I'm just amazed at all the different stories that you've been able to share. And um, I'm wondering how you got started with that part of your work with the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, with the podcast. Well, I have always just been an avid podcast listener myself and really loved listening to just a myriad of other types of podcasts and I have always loved the Jamie Ivy podcast. I don't know if you listen to the happy. Hour, oh but, yeah, um, I do. That was a big one. So I started listening to her like way back when she was first started. And she oh, has wow, always okay. said like, no one is going to do what you can do. Even if you think mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing, like no one can be you and you have a group of people that you can reach. And so that just really encouraged me um, to to jump out and do it. And I had always, I'd been a, you know, a long time listener of the birth hour and some different like birthy type of shows. And I was just like, you know what? I think there's something that I can offer that would be different and still be a value add to a lot of people. And so I've always loved podcasts and then I kind of in a different season of my life had a lot of disappointments and hurt and kind of loss. 
And what I have learned is that when you are hurting, the best thing to do is to tell people about Jesus and to share Mm -hmm. the love of the Lord and to look at what God is doing in other people's hearts and lives, because that will encourage you and it will get your eyes off your own stuff and your own junk and how easy it is to just kind of be this, what was me and to be like, it just builds your faith. And so it really came out of a season where I was hurting and really just wanted to talk about Jesus and to talk about this thing that I love around birth and encourage other women. And so one day my husband just sat me down and he said, Elise, you have been talking about a podcast for years. You need to do it right now. <laughs> and sat me down in front of my, my microphone and said, don't get up until you're done. <laughs> and that's really how it started for me. I, I was like, are you sure? I don't, I'm not ready. And um, he's like, no, you just need to do this. So I definitely wouldn't have a podcast about my husband, Jeff. He's amazing. He's kind of the He's my cheerleader and also does all the technical things that stress me out. Oh, <laughs> Lord bless him. Yeah, around having a podcast. We all need so, a Jeff in our life. We sure do. We sure do. So as I got into it, I realized like, oh my goodness, like this isn't just about birth. This is about women's stories and their testimony and hearing what God's doing in their hearts and their lives and throughout motherhood. And it just became this powerful, powerful thing where women started just sharing their real lives. And it was amazing. Like I was just like blown away. So it's just been a blessing and a joy for me. Like it, I feel like it has ministered to my heart more than anything else. Like it's just been such a gift and a blessing in my life. Yes, and I'm definitely going to link your podcast, the Perfectly Wonderfully um, Made podcast, yeah, in my you. show notes so that my listeners can check it out. I I can't count the number of times that I've listened to an episode and just walked away feeling not just encouraged, but really just comforted because you're right. Like when we are in a painful season, we do so badly need those reminders of what Mm -hmm. God has done and what he is doing and not just in our lives, but in the lives of other women around the world. And that's what I get. That's what I take away from your podcast every time I listen to it. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. It's just, and I have always just said like, okay, God, as long as you have this avenue and this platform for me to use, I will use it. And if one day I wake up and you say, you're done, great, we'll walk away. Um, (laughs) But as long as I feel like the Lord is really saying, okay, here you go, this is the direction I have for you, then I will go there. Um, And it's been just a gift. It's really been a gift. And I think it has been kind of the product of how my heart has changed as a mom too. Mm. And I think having my, after I had my first baby, I was just like, Oh my gosh, it was like, I saw the Lord in a totally different way as mm. a mom. And so yeah. it's been cool. It's been really cool. I'm thankful yeah. for it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I want to hear more about, cause you know, you're, 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 you're introducing a little bit about your faith journey and, you know, on the podcast, you know, this is a faith-based podcast. So yeah. I love just diving into how God is woven into different areas of our life and how we see him move. So I'd love to know what you've learned about the Lord and your faith through the work that you've been doing. 
Yeah. Oh, man. I think they all kind of go together, like my work and my faith and my life. Um, I kind of grew up with this mentality, like your ministry is who you are, not what you do. Um, So regardless of your job or your season of life, like you, that is your ministry, wherever the Lord has put you. And so certainly my birth work has been my ministry and the Lord has really given me a way to serve people and to love them in this season where they're so almost not fragile sounds negative, but it's just a really delicate season of life. And you're vulnerable Mm -hmm. in this intimate place around birth and you're changing and your relationship with your partner is changing. And so to be able to love and equip people um, without asking anything in return, just selflessly has really reminded me of the way that the Lord loves me. And I think you can only love at a place out of a place where you feel so loved. Um, so it's really, it's really cool. I think I learned about the love of Jesus, the more I'm in this birth world. And I mean, come on, you can't watch a baby be born and not be like, <laughs> holy crap. Like, God, you're just, blow- yeah. you're, it's mind blowing. And it doesn't matter how your baby came out or what type of birth you had. Like, it's just this amazing miracle of the Lord, like every single time. And I think in, in a, if there ever comes a point in my life where I feel like this is just a job, then I know I'm done. <laughs> my mm-hmm. time has passed yes. because I think I'm just blown away by the newness of the Lord and the mercies that he brings in every situation. Like even when you think you're done, like and you have nothing left, like the Lord just gives you so much strength um, and just a grace to do more things. So goodness, I've learned a ton about the Lord. And I think another thing too, is sometimes I get into this like crazy stress of balancing my home life and my birth life and my kids and my family and being a wife and a mom. And sometimes I can get really worked up and I'll be like, okay, I've got four moms who are over their due date. Like this is going to be crazy. And, you know, I have my kids' doctor's appointments or I need to be here or I'm trying to get to the grocery store and have food for my family in the fridge. So when I'm gone for two days, they can eat. And when I, sometimes I can get a little panicky. And I think in those moments, the Lord has just so taught me like, Elise, I've got you and I've Mm -hmm. got this and you just need to trust me. And it, and it works. It's it's crazy, but it works. Yeah. And it's just like time and time again, he just shows up for me in so many ways. And birth work is not easy. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it can seem on Instagram, like unicorns and cupcakes and rainbows, but there are certainly births where I have been like, I don't want to be here. Like this is not always fun. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's really challenging. Sometimes family dynamics are really challenging or a relationship with a couple is really challenging. And, um, the Lord has just sustained me in that so much. And, and then at the end of the day, he, he really brings it all together. And it's like, this is why I had you here. This is why I had you here because I needed you to minister to this family in this way. And so 
It's been cool. I, I mean, it's been, it's been really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question. It, no, it definitely <laughs> does. And, and you're so right about just how, you know, your ministry isn't just the work. It's, it's who you are. And I love how he's using you in all different aspects um, regardless of your title or regardless of whether, you know, you're a professional podcaster, you know, you just, right. you just show the grace and love of God. And that is such a beautiful, much needed thing in this world, especially when it comes to the topic of childbirth and pregnancy and, and even postpartum. And I would love to dive in for a second into the postpartum period, because this is where my heart is at. You know, I love to encourage women after they, you know, have those little ones and they're in those, in that thick of motherhood, those very Mm -hmm. challenging years. And I love to know what are some of the difficulties that you have noticed women encounter after birth and how have you been able to come alongside those moms? Oh, absolutely. So one, I think as in the United States of America, like we just don't have a great system for birth in general and certainly not for postpartum. I mean, to expect a mom to just have a baby and to come back six weeks later for like your postpartum visit is just bizarre to me. Like, why yeah. in the world would you think that that's going to be okay? Um, you know, there's so much that happens in those first six weeks. I know a lot of home birth midwives who will do, or are out of hospital midwives who will do more visits and more check-ins um, with a mama, which is great. But in kind of a traditional obstetrical model of care you're going to have a baby and come back six weeks later, um, which is nutty. (laughs) It's really nutty Um, to think like, whoa, there is so much to address in those first six weeks. So I think um, just recognizing that our system isn't really set up um, to support you initially and that you, I always say your healthcare is your responsibility. So I think as Americans, we think, oh, we're in the system and everyone's going to do everything for me and it's just going to work great. But it's like, no, 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 no. You are responsible for your own health care. You are responsible to set up um, your support and to set up everything that you need in birth and in the postpartum period. And um, so with that, um, <laughs> I teach people how to be savvy consumers of their health care. But even mm-hmm. in the postpartum period, Knowing, like, I think the biggest thing, I think moms who struggle the most don't, they don't have a village, meaning they don't have a community of women around them or they don't have a community of support around them after they have babies. So maybe you've moved and you're in a state that you've just recently relocated. You don't know a lot of people. You don't have a lot of friends and family close by to help. Um, and you're kind of on your own or your husband's gone back to work right away and hasn't gotten any paternity leave. That's a really isolating place to be. And I think women struggle. I, we were never meant to do this alone. I don't know why anyone thinks they can. I mean, we were never meant to be by ourselves. So number one is creating that village and that support. And you do a great job Mm -hmm. with your podcast too, Jesse, of just rallying um, around women. And even if it's just listening to a podcast while you're doing the dishes or folding laundry or nursing your baby, anything you can do to make yourself not feel alone um, is the first step. 
And then I think the other thing that the next biggest thing would be just realizing what's normal and what's not. I think social media has messed up our idea of what is normal and what is to be expected after you have a baby. So, you know, I think if there's this like, oh, you should be able to wear your yoga pants and go to Target <laughs> and um, go back to yoga class and to work out, you know, a week And to later. clean your house. And to, <laughs> yeah, and you should have makeup on and your hair done and, and you should look super cute with your stroller and your baby in it and your perfect bows and your swaddles. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> not never is that should that be the expectation I mean there is we have lost this art of caring for the postpartum mom we have a lot of attention on the baby and the baby gets a lot of credit because well of course they're cute they're cute and irresistible um but we have lost this art of nurturing the postpartum mom and mm. honoring what her body has done And so I think just getting into a space and a place where you understand what your expectation should be and what is normal. So I tell my clients, I want you to expect to be in your bed for five to seven days with your shirt off, snuggling your baby, doing skin to skin, breastfeeding and sleeping and having everyone bring you food in your bed. Like that's my expectation of you I for the first it. week. Yeah, like you should go to the bathroom, you should nap, you should eat, you should snuggle and sleep and and nurse your baby, do skin to skin, be close to your baby. You know, have that incredible period of bonding. It's great for your milk supply. It decreases post your risk of postpartum depression when we're skin to skin and breastfeeding our babies. Um, there's also issues. Breastfeeding issues are big that people aren't prepared for or set up to succeed. Maybe you have flat nipples or inverted nipples or, I mean, sorry, I'm kind of just jumping in here. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> no, um, that is okay. No, maybe your baby has a lip tie or a tongue tie or a cheek tie. You know, if you're not being seen on, on a regular basis by a lactation consultant, that can get missed. And then here you are four weeks later with nipples that hurt like a mother. <laughs> and you're crying and you're ready to be done. And then you went to your pediatrician, your pediatrician's like, well, your baby's lost weight. And you're like, well, no, duh. And now you need to supplement with formula. It's like, mm-hmm. well, all of that could have been avoided mm-hmm. um, if you would have had, you know, the education or support or information to help you make different choices. So I really encourage women um, to see their lactation consultant, even if they think things are going fine. Um, when your mature breast milk comes in around days three to five or somewhere in that first week, and then definitely a checkup a week later, and then to just continue on until you feel super solid in your breastfeeding experience. So that way you can identify and troubleshoot some of these kind of normal, most normal issues. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So create your village, know what's normal and honor your body and rest. Like don't have this expectation that you are going to look like your pre-pregnant self six weeks later. You know, that's not normal. Right. That's not normal. We say nine months up, nine months down. That's mm-hmm. about right. You guys. Yes. <laughs> and I know that might not feel very good for some people. And surely there's a wide variation of normal and, and what women's bodies can do but just really having grace and love for yourself that your body has done this incredible thing and not to expect it to do something it was never designed to do in the first place. So, and then, you know, postpartum hormones and emotions, postpartum mood disorders, all those things um, are very common 
very, very common. And creating um, a safe network where we can get resources and help. You know, there's in our in my area, there's wonderful support groups. Um, there are supplements you can take. Certainly there's medication if, if you need to. And I know there's a lot of shame and guilt around that. And there really doesn't need to be. Um, but just kind of understanding some of those resources that are available to you um, is really, really huge. And I think bringing other women together, whatever avenue that is, you know, like I have a private Facebook group for all of my, my doula clients and these ladies are amazing. And we get together once a year and we hang out with our kids and just kind of creating this safe network of like, Oh, I did this or, Oh, I did this. Or, you know, that's how we were supposed to live. You guys. That is beautiful. Oh, I love this so much. And I, I so stand behind this idea that we need a village around mm-hmm. us. We need those key yeah. sources of support. I I personally saw a lactation consultant numerous times after the birth of my first child, and it was just invaluable information. I needed help. I really did. And yeah. it's scary. We know when you're home and you're by yourself and you're thinking, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm in pain and I'm emotionally hurting too, you know, cause you're oh, yeah. wrestling. Yes. You're wrestling with this new life where things are not your own anymore. And, and everything is about a baby now that you're in charge of. And it's so overwhelming. And I love I love what you said about, you know, women, you know, being willing to go out and find support, whether that's counseling or medication or a support group, because those things are what get us through this season. And totally. Yes. Yes. And without them, we we're more likely to lose ourselves in this season rather than to, you know, keep keep afloat and to keep um, our minds and our hearts set on truth. And I think oh, that, absolutely. yes, I think that it's so easy to, you know, get caught up in what you mentioned, those, those lies of the expectations, you know, of, oh, I need to look like this or, or my house needs to look like this or my baby needs to look like this and act mm-hmm. like this. And, <laughs> and it's like, that's but, not real. <laughs> yes, it's not real. And the truth is that so much of thing, so much of life is out of our control especially after we have a baby and we can't hold ourselves to that standard because we will constantly end up feeling like we're failing. Right. Yes. And we don't need that at all. So I love all of those pieces of wisdom that you just shared. Absolutely. Um, I want to know for the mom who's listening, who's thinking, okay, well, all of that sounds great, but I don't really know you know, whether anyone can really help me or encourage me or support me because, you know, I, maybe she has this idea of, I have to do it on my own. What, what do you have to say to her? Who's feeling like I, I'm just trying you know, to figure this out myself, maybe out of pride or fear or anxiety or depression or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I actually just had a postpartum visit with one of my clients um, this last week, and she was really struggling with some postpartum emotions. And um, there were parts of her birth that she really just wasn't settled on and, and was unhappy with. And so we were working through some of that. But she, you know, it took her a while to kind of get out of the house and reach out to anyone. And her comment to me was, I just kind of wanted to sit and sulk in this place of being sad. 
Mm. And it it took her husband kind of pushing her, um, pushing her out of the house, pushing her to me <laughs> actually, um, to kind of take take those steps. Um, but yeah, I think our natural inclination is just to kind of sit in our misery. Um, but if you anything you can do to just move towards a person, um, mm. whether that be if you are um, if you're newly postpartum, move towards your healthcare provider, whether that's your midwife or your obstetrician. Um, they if you're especially if you're in those first six weeks postpartum, like you know they have postpartum depression screening and and hopefully they they will do all of those things that they should be doing and get you some of those resources. Um, but certainly like no one was supposed to do it on their own. No one was like, you need people even if, um, and if not for you, like it for your baby, right? If not for you, if you, if you can't wrap your head around doing something for yourself, then do it for your, your kids. And I think most moms could kind of like, okay, I know I'm not feeling my best. I know I'm not giving my best. Um, and I do want what's best for my baby, even if I don't feel like I can do it right now. Um, so if not for you, like for, for your baby and, um, just sometimes we just have to do the motions, right? You may not feel like it. You, this, it may feel awful. (laughs) I mean, it might feel terrible trying to get out of the house or, or talk to someone about how you're feeling, but just fake it till you make it. And Mm -hmm. eventually it will get easier and eventually it will get better. And eventually with help, you will be well, um, but you just have to do the motions in the beginning. And sometimes the motion is just calling your obstetrician or calling your midwife or calling a trusted, safe friend um, that you can help. You know, in, in my area, we have a group, it's called Perinatal Support Group Washington, and they have a 1-800 number warm line that you can call and someone will pick up the phone and talk to you any time of the day um, about your postpartum, motherhood, your baby, anything, and they will direct you to resources. Um, so I know there's other groups like that all over the world. Um, and I'm happy to help you find them if you, if you really aren't feeling like you have support. Um, so I would just say, make a move, just move, move towards somebody or something. Um, and eventually it will get better. Mm, that is that is really sound wisdom, and and I, I I did want you to dive into that just because I know what it's like to mm-hmm. think. Okay, you know, it sounds great in theory to go find support, but it's right. sometimes it, there's just that little piece inside of you that's kind of keeping you paralyzed or right. not, you know, not moving out of fear. And I just I love I love you know fake it till you make it because that is the truth. You know, you've got to just. Do what you can, even if you're going through the motions, um, because that that is key. That is important. Thank you so right. much for for sharing yeah. all of this. And I definitely want to, you know, include links in the show notes to all of these resources. Um, and you know, even even try to find some resources, you know, similar to what you were talking about with that phone number that you can call. And I I think that that's absolutely wonderful, and moms need to know that these things exist for them and that they're oh, out totally, there. Totally, totally. So um, even if you don't have a group like Perinatal Support Group Washington, 
there is a doula called a postpartum doula and they're everywhere. Yes. So postpartum doulas are trained in the postpartum period. They're trained um, to identify markers for postpartum depression, postpartum uh, mood disorders. Um, They're trained in um, newborn care. They're trained in really helping a mother to heal um, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, They are, they can do things that your family members can't. And so, I mean, even if you don't have family around, I would really, especially for the woman who is, is isolated or doesn't have a great village, I would strongly encourage you to hire a postpartum doula. Um, they can be there during the day. They can be there during nights. There's postpartum doulas who just do night shift um, and they will help you nurse your baby or help you bottle feed your baby. Um, they're an incredible resource. So, and a lot of people don't know about them. They're like, is this a night nurse? Like, what is this? And it's like, no, she's not a night nurse. She's, she's trained in, in helping a woman's postpartum body heal um, in all the areas we just discussed and really, really wonderful to identify um, any issues with your newborn um, help you with newborn sleep habits. I mean, it's just incredible. If you want to have the best postpartum experience of your life, hire a postpartum doula. Um, yes. It will be incredible. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's just, oh, so beautiful. Just, just the idea of somebody coming alongside you like that mm-hmm. in those very tough, tough days and nights. Oh, I just, yeah. I love it so much. Yes. Thank you. Great. Um, can you just tell us real quick your website so that they can check you out? Yes. My website is um, elisemarsh.com. You can find everything about me there. I've got some free resources on my website. I have a free six-day childbirth class on there. Um, so super easy and no risk there. And then um, my birth course is yourbestbirthcourse.com. And my Instagram is perfectly wonderfully made. Love it. Thank you so much, Elise. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Jesse. Hey, friends. If you haven't already, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a review for this podcast on iTunes or in your Apple podcast app. Getting more reviews and ratings helps Soul Care for the New Mom get more exposure, which means more moms listening and more moms being filled with gospel truths and encouragement for their motherhood journey. I definitely want to see Soul Care continue to grow, and you can help with that with your review. Plus, I love hearing your feedback and getting an idea of what this podcast has meant to you. So when you get a chance, please be sure to do that. That would truly bless me today.